you like to binge watch TV, did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today. In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the internet. One podcast, the Grawlix podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix Podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Hey, Paul, look over there at the size of that moose. Son, that's no moose. That there is a pile of bullspit. <laughs> Welcome, Moose Pack, to an all-new episode of Bullspit with Moose. I'm your host, Moose. From cartoons and video games to ads and anime, my guest today's voice can be heard all over entertainment. He's been Megatron, Optimus Prime, Clank from Ratchet and Clank, and my personal favorite, Lord Shishomaru from Inuyasha, and now he's here to shoot the bull with us. It is with great anticipation, I welcome the very talented Mr. David Kay. Good morning, and this is complete bullspit. This is complete bullspit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, lo- I love it. I love uh, the name of the show, man. It's pretty cool. I saw that from my uh, uh, publicist, and I went, I went, yes, yes, I'm doing this show. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. It's like I, I tried to have a little fun with it, and it's like, of course. You know, and so when I got the idea to do the show, it's like, well, it's a bull session. You know, I was like, well, I don't want to call oh, it. It's good. You know, what we gener- you know, what you would generally call it. So it's like, no, nah, let's play on words. You know, um, it's perfect. I love it, and and of course we all need a good laugh these days. Any 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 moment or second of the day, I can have a good smile or laugh. I'm I'm all in. That that is very true. So how's life treating you? Yeah, it's it's you know very fortunate. I mean, I've had sort of uh, you know studios built into the places I've ever been. It's always been a I don't know if the word uh, I hate the word man cave. You know, a man cave. I just hate that word. It's like uh, please please don't say that word. Uh, but it's, we found this property here, um, in the area of LA we live in. It's, uh, that had this, this, this guest house and it was, uh, I said, Oh, this is perfect. You know, anyway, the, um, uh, the house was built in 42 and then, and uh, I wanted to keep this sort of the feel of the forties, the dark wood, you know, and then I, I, I wanted, when I uh, come across a courtyard and go to work, I, I want to feel it uh, a home, but I want to feel it's a different place in a creative space. So I'm really fortunate. And, and, it really has been my saving grace. I mean, the first couple of weeks of this whole thing, when everything shut down, I, I didn't handle it well mentally. Um, you know, do I hug my daughter? Can I hug my son? Like, how do I, you know, I'm, uh, I hug people. So like, I, what, are you, what are you talking? It was, you know, two weeks of sort of, how are we going to ever do, you know, and, and, uh, of course I, you get into a rhythm as humans do and, and, um, and coming in here and, and doing work and having fun and being able to do cartoons uh, in here and video games 
from the studio uh just put my mind at ease it just helped you know they just just coming over just coming in this this room this place the studio i have is uh has been great and um so uh yeah other than the first two weeks uh, i'm doing i'm doing good things are busy uh they remain which which is awesome but part of the business i do i, I sort of have my the Swiss old ye old Swiss army knife uh, in this business. I, I do a, a lot of concert tours. And of course, when the pandemic hit that, that like that went away and there's, I was doing a whole bunch of different uh, concert tours. And um, so that part of the business is, is, is gone for the time being. Um, but there are, there have been um, a couple of concerts that have come back and they, they want me to sort of get ready to, update for the 2021 season you know so they're that's starting to kind of bubble a bit but everything else has been oh it's, it's been sort of status quo it's been quieter no doubt um there's more people especially on camera folks who've never had a voiceover career and all of a sudden you know i'm getting and seeing pictures on social media of uh, hey look at me in my studio <laughs> <I'm> thinking, <laughs> oh it was already it was already crowded before now it's it's really cried. I talked to my Thanks. agent about that. I said, so are you getting, are you getting, I said, are you getting busy? Like she said, Oh my God, DK. She said, it's like, it, it was crowded before. Now it's just, it's nuts. I mean, it's crap. So I'm glad at least I've had 30 plus years or more. I don't know. You know, time goes so fast. Could be 40 by the, by now. I have no idea. I just keep saying 30. Uh, I'm established enough that I still have to work for it. I still have to audition every day. And, and there's a lot of you know that happening, which is great. But I, I wouldn't want to get into this business now. No. Because it is really, I mean, it's, I, it, um, I'm talking to a few friends of mine and, uh, and, and one's my IT guy and he's a really great guy. And um, he's got a great story. You know, he's a black man growing up in, in America and he, and, he, and he has that story. And I go, wow, dude. I mean, I was like, my eyes were, were open, you know, for the, the social unrest lately. And I said, you know what? And he was passionate about it. And I said, look, if, if you, I, I would like you to get good at this because we need to hear your voice. We need, so I'm, I'm working with a few people. I don't normally do that working with a few people. And that's keeping me busy too. And I just, uh, he has a passion for it. But if you're getting into the business because you want to make dollars, uh, if, if that's sort of, Hey, you can make a, you know, and that's really, all right, I, I gotta, I gotta, it's, it's really not <laughs> the reason to get into that. Um, you have to have a passion like anything and you have to be, you know, working on it every single time you open your mouth. Um, does that make sense to you? It's, it's just, uh, it, 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 I guess my, no, yeah, it, you, you need to find something that, you know, especially with voice acting, you have to look forward to going to work every day. It's not a paycheck. Oh my God. Yeah. Like you have. Yeah, I, I always say find something that you love. Find something to do that you can't wait till Monday. Yeah, I mean that's rare. That's rare, man. And I count my blessings and and that I've because at high school, dude, I didn't know what I was going to do. I really thought, well, I went to rate into radio, and I thought I was going to stay in radio, and I had all these radio heroes, and and people, you know, it was. And then I got my first cartoon when I was living up in Canada, and uh, it was GI Joe, and I went, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Now this, <laughs> and I, go, I get to go to the studio and screw around and throw spitballs and 
make goofy vo- you know what i mean i mean that now that's if i can if i can figure out a way to stay here i'm all in and that was the catalyst was gi joe and working with the first time with a full cast back in 89 back in 89 i think it was well, yeah, and I mean, you you managed to catch the uh, second wave of I, I think I think that was the second iteration of GI Joe, but like yeah, I think so. many yeah, people, he, yeah, you got your start on GI Joe and yeah. just launched you on this trajectory that you know a- apparently hasn't stopped, and I don't see stopping yeah, anytime I, soon. <laughs> I, I, I'm still amazed that people actually. Honestly, truthfully, I still amazed that uh, I get a call from my agent. Goes, so they want it. So they want it. They want you for the role. I go, really? Wow! Like I'm still sort of amazed that they're letting me. They're letting me in again. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Boy, if they that, find out the what kicker. I don't, if they find out what I don't know, <laughs> you know, that's uh, it's amazing, really. Well, from what I've what I've noticed in doing interviews and going to different conventions and things, I, I've learned that humility goes a long way in your industry. And well, it's being honest, you know, and you know, being honest and humble and not getting, you know, too big for your britches, as it were. Yeah, there's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of that in the VO business, really. I mean, you know, you, look, you have to have an you have to have an ego to think that you can it, in, if you're going to stand up in front of a camera or be goofy behind a mic, there has to be something there. There has to be. Um, I mean, you have to have confidence. Oh, but, yeah, uh, you're, you're right. Like, th- if you sort of come into a room and everybody's goofing around and it's happened in the past and, and you're the outlier and you find out real fast, um, if this person is going to work again, <laughs> because there's a certain, because what we're doing is we're, we're making cartoons, you know, some of them are serious and some of them are cartoony, Yeah, but otherwise, you know, we're, we're, we're screwing around and somehow, you know, they're going to pay us for it. Uh, I always joke with Rob Paulson. Uh, I've talked to him in the past. Rob's a great, a good friend, and say Rob's a great a guy. Great guy. It, yeah, and, and um, just a gem of a human being. And he says, "You know, do you believe this, DK? I mean, we're getting paid for this. You know, we're getting paid. I can, can you believe?" <laughs> and I, I sort of thought, "You're right. Oh my God, you're right. We, because uh, you forget about that." So back to my point is, don't get in this for the money. Get in it because it's a lot of fun, and you look forward to doing it. On Monday, it's it, uh, getting into it now. And uh, in, in young, and, and uh, you know, it's 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 crowded. It's it's tough, and you got to be sort of when you do an audition for a show, in particular in Los Angeles, or you, that audition has to be pretty much good to go to air. There's a lot of times I've got commercial stuff that's come through. Uh, for example, if you know some Nike spots, and I've been the. Uh, it's a great day for a ball game. It's a three and four. Here comes the. You know, I've done like a baseball thing, and or the sports announcer, and you sort of read a bunch of them, and the next thing you know, I said, "Hey, they just lifted lifted your audition." You know, that's so. Whatever you do at this level has to be good to go. Um, that's one of the things about you know you know being a pro. I mean. It's nice to find uh, the one thing about Los Angeles I found too is they're always looking for new people, which is great. Which is for people getting into it. That's a great. That's a good thing. But you, you got to be, you got to be on a level because there's you and two hundred, three hundred, a thousand. Who, how many people there is out there? So what's going to separate you? And and I've had com- on the commercial side. I, I I don't ask a lot of questions. I just kind of, you know, wow, that's pretty cool. Awesome. I do my thing and I move on. I, I don't like, but once in a while, once I asked, so, so how many people, I think it, what, what was spot was, I can't remember. Uh, 
mean, there's a current campaign that Mindy Sterling and I are on for uh, for Red Bull right now. Uh, uh, she played that the the four headed dragon, and I was Hercules. And I, so, so, how many people did they read for this? And she, oh, um, probably about I don't know five five four five hundred people. I go what? So sometimes they read ten. They get for movie trailers. I do. They read like you know ten guys, and 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 I have a couple of females read as well. So your odds are a little better, but you have to bring it but if you're reading for commercials and in cartoons you're there's a lot and and right now currently i'll get auditions from my new york agents my manager and my la agents and they're all for the same cartoon something okay they're looking all over so that gives you an idea of like how you 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 have to sort of make a choice and do the voice and Send it in and forget about it because the the odds are. <laughs> well, one in ten is much better than one in four hundred. Oh my God! Yeah, well, for the trailers, but still, you have to get to the point where they're even scratching you on it. So it's oh a, yeah, it takes it takes a while. I sound like what did I do? It takes a while. I'm sorry. Who am I, Christopher Walken? Walk Why am I talking like that? Um, <laughs> it takes a while. Um, um, so that's sort of the reality of the business where where we're at right now. And when I started, it was it's a complete it was a completely different thing. I mean, I, I no one had a website. I think I put one up in the early '90s, and I was like, "Oh, you get a website? Wow, that's pretty cool." So how do you like where do you get? You know, now it's I still man. don't know how to set up a website. <laughs> so it's exhausting. Does Rob know you do an impression of him? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> All right, okay. I have I have mugs in here. I have a, I went to the the uh, flea market in Pasadena. There's this big ro- the Rose Bowl. They have uh, uh, like the first or second Sunday of every every month. Uh, a few years ago, I found these. Uh, I have a bunch of toys on my shelves up here and some stuff. But I, I have the only thing that it's not me. Uh, <laughs> it's a shrine to me. Uh, but it's the only thing up that's not me is that the original the the, the coffee mugs. The Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, and then there's the T. There's a T, and there's the the thing. It's a large one, and it's uh, from Animaniacs. And I don't know if you can find those anymore, but I am just. I saw those. And went, gotta have them. Oh yeah. And, uh, I don't even know. If, I don't even know if Rob knows I have those. I said actually, I sent him a photo today, and say, hey, just to let you know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know if he does enough, but I uh, I do it in in love. Well, you know, uh, DK, you know, I grew up in Michigan and I uh, played hockey with Gordy Howe and uh, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. It's not an exact match. It's just a, it, it's pretty close. I mean, cheap replica. <laughs> well, you know, he's, yeah. he's the one that says that you go to imitate somebody's voice and you end up creating, you know, and if you get it wrong, you just you end up creating a new voice altogether. So it, you, you're never wrong. That's true. Yeah, so it's true. You're always playing, playing around. I've been, uh, I've been, I'm working on. Uh, I saw uh, Peter Cullen at the pharmacy one morning. Yeah, it's a funny thing about living living in Los Angeles. You go, oh yeah, right. They all live here. I forget. Uh, and I'm just in the little pharmacy, and I up, up the aisle, this uh, you know little man's coming up, and I go, hey, Peter, David Keg is, hey, David, who did see? And and uh, <laughs> the first thing I did was it's great to see him. And the first thing I did was get back in the car, uh, um, and. Uh, and work on work on his voice, you know. Transform and roll out, you know. Uh, that's trying to get down in here because <laughs> when you talk to him, he has a little, you know, his voice is sort of up, 
it's a higher register. And, and uh, so I'm working on it just because it's so cool what he's able to do. Uh, start with, uh, you know, his voice up here and then he takes it down here. Transform and roll out. Um, it's just fun to, to play around. I mean, we all do each, uh, each other's voice all the time. <laughs> Listen, speaking of Peter Cullen, uh, when you took on the, the now the multiple times you've worked in Transformers, uh, since you have the honor of playing both Optimus and Megatron. Excellent. That's the uh, the button. Terrorize! Sorry, go ahead. Yes, <laughs> and Optimus, yes. Um, was there any sort of like trepidation or, uh, like, oh, those are some pretty big shoes to fill when you were, uh, for Megatron? No, uh, because I, I wasn't, I, I never really followed and watched Transformers. Um, I, I, I grew up on, you know, Bugs Bunny, Mel Blanc yeah. and, and goofy stuff, Tex Avery and all those things. So I, I, I did, I did, you know, watch, uh, early GI Joe and I, I sort of a few things, wacky racers I love, but I didn't know too much about Transformers. So when I went in to read for the, the Megatron role, I would also, I was very new in the business. This was like 90, I don't know, 93, 94, Sounds somewhere right. in there, 92. I don't know. And so I really didn't know. I, I, I had my first series of GI Joe and I did, uh, some exo squad and Gordon Hunt, uh, Helen Hunt's dad was a director on that. I was kind of cool. And so I got my feet wet and I was doing a few things in, in, in Vancouver, some anime and Sushomaru. That's right, Jockin. Please stop following me. Why are you following? You know, I, I'm, we had a, a ton of fun doing anime and Rama one half of that. So when this big audition right came, now. I remember, <laughs> what's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And so when this big audition came, my agent said, hey, so listen, there uh, is a big audition. It's a big show. They're, they're doing Transformers. I go, okay. You know, I really, I wasn't like, everybody else seemed to be like excited about it. And I was like, okay, well, cool. That's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So I remember the first round of auditions. It was held at a different studio and there's a whole bunch of people and, and I got the sides. And uh, there's a lot of, like a ton. I always tell people it was like a, a giant book of relationships between this character and that character and what they looked like. There was, you know, sketches, drawings. There was some, di there was the dialogue and there was a description of the character and what. It was just almost overwhelming because you're like, I don't know, damn, you know, God, uh, you start thinking too much about it and sometimes that can get dangerous. So. I went in and read a few of the characters. I can't remember a bunch. I think Doug uh, Parker, who played Pterosaur, if I recall, he was the casting director on the first round for the company who was, you know, the people who were casting this show. Up in, that was when it was done up in Vancouver. And and then the callbacks came in. I got a callback. Oh, okay, cool. And I went to the callback, and of course, there's a lot less people there, and and a little more chill, not so so you know, manic. I still didn't. I, I, they were bringing me back to read for Megatron and Optimus, and then they said oh, they might throw another character at you, and just be prepared to go. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. Um, so I went in and I read for Optimus first, I believe, and I think that voice. I can't remember what I did. I, I believe it's probably closer than closer to what I did in Transformers animated with Optimus and Transform and Rollout. I played him younger. They wanted him a little younger and naive the first few episodes of Transformers animated, but I kind of fell into my, kind of fell into the character and, you know, it's sort of mostly my voice, just sort of, you know, uh, Bumblebee, we gotta, we gotta get Megatron it's this, in this range here. I think I may have done that, but I remember he, I knew he was, uh, uh, big giant monkeys like Gary Chuck ate him and uh, 
I didn't know what to, you know, I wasn't quite sure. So I, I may have, you know, made like a lower, I may have did a lower voice, but when I got to Megatron, I, I kind of was a guess because I thought, well, I don't know, geez, I don't know what to do. I don't want to, how does, what does a T-Rex sound like? <laughs> yeah. Like a T, it was like a T-Rex. And I thought, well, I, I was a big fan of Sean Connery and Anthony Hopkins at the time. I thought, well, what if I kind of, maybe I'll do something like, yes, excellent. If it were this way, it was very Shakespearean. And not just, you know, down in here with a bit of a lisp, but just to throw up for Anthony Hopkins' sake, just a thing. And uh, I remember reading that, the sides, and I really honestly want to be, I didn't know what I was going to do until I sort of got in there behind the microphone and started. I, I honestly didn't didn't know, like, what the hell was going to come out. And then I did that, and then they all looked up. And that's sort of a sign when you go into an audition is of people behind the glass, usually there's a writer there or, you know, producer or whatever. And they're, they're, they're all, they kind of looked up and they had me do it again. And they, and once they start having you do it again and try different things, then it's kind of like hooking a fish. All right, we got one. We got one. Careful now. Let's reel him and see what, he, see what he's got. And so that's what happens. If they ask you to try something again, that's a good, there's a sign there that they get, uh, you know, um, what you hate is when you go in and read it and they go, okay, that's great, man. Good, good stuff. Good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, that's not happening. He's like, well, great. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Oh, great to see you. Good job. Good work. Yeah, uh, uh, but that's how that happened. And you know, next thing I know, uh, we're doing this sh- series, and we saw the animation. I guess maybe we were six or seven months into it, and at that time, Mainframe was uh, the company doing it. It was this new computer animation and rendering and all this stuff, and it takes so much time to render a scene. And, and one morning, Sue Blue came in and said, hey, guys, got a treat for you. So. Um, we're going to see a little bit of the show. We're like, oh, awesome. So we all sat in there in the old Pinewood Studios, which is now torn down and gone, part of history. was up in Vancouver. It's a cool old studio, man. It's just such a cool place. I loved it. And and we sat, they did, the lights came down and the screen came down and they, they showed this sort of this rendering, this animation that all, all of us were like, wow, this is different. And this well, this is going to be, and Sue said, this is going to be huge, guys. This is going to be huge. <laughs> you know, we didn't, nobody really knew, but that's uh, when I thought, well, yeah, this could be really something. And then I didn't realize how big Transformers, that the fandom was and what an even bigger deal it was until I was invited to my first BotCon, which was in Rochester, New York, and uh, Venus Turzo and, and I were the guests. And, and I believe Peter Cullen was, was there as well. Uh, for G1. I didn't know too much about any of it. And it was our first convention. And when I got there, I went, oh my God, so this is a big deal. And then I remember the panel we did and the first question somebody asked at the back was, uh, Mr. K, can you say excellent? (laughs) (laughs) So I just, you know, leaned into the mic and said, excellent. Yes. And the whole, the whole crowd, like uproar. And I, and and I thought, wow, this is, I have so much power. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, man, it was just so surreal. And, and, and th- I mean, that was a highlight among many others uh, that weekend at, at the first the Transforms convention I was ever at. And then the other highlight, now, those of you who live in upstate New York will know what I'm talking about. I mean, I grew up on the other side, of the, you know, in Canada, on the other side of the border. We, I grew up on all, you know, the U.S. television from Buffalo and Rochester. And there was these commercials that used to play late at night and they were the House of Guitars, and they were the most psychedelic, weird. I think everyone was on acid or something when they did these spots. But I used to love them, and they were. And I said, "We got to go." So Venus and I took a cab to the 
the famous house of guitars in Rochester, New York. And, uh, it was so cool. So that was another highlight. The uh, acid trip to the house of guitars. Oh, well, no, I never got bad. It was like, it was so weird. The commercials were like, everybody was on a must went on an acid trip. I think it was awesome. So that was my first uh, realization that, oh, this is, this could be big. <laughs> so. Yeah. You started with Megatron. Years later, you get Optimus. And not only Optimus, you get Optimus, Grimlock. I mean, you get some pretty big characters in the Transformers uh, lore. Yeah, it was fine. Well, the, it was a Grimlock. Uh, of course, I thought they were going to bring in, you know, Greg Greg Berger. Uh, Greg came in on some other stuff. I, I love Greg. He's such a nice, nice guy. And uh, and so I had to do a Grimlock. Oh, you know, everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> did that. No, you did that thing. You know, I did you. Oh, I kind of I thought of Gary Chalk as well when I was doing Grimlock. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, pull my finger. Ooh. Yeah, I did Warpath, Lugnut, a bunch of others. A lot of fun stuff was working with Townsend Coleman uh, in that. And we had the, the argument scene, the fight scenes between us. That was pretty cool. And then we had, you know, Weird Al came in. One of the funnest things I did was doing a panel at uh, in Pasadena Pasadena for a, for a BotCon. And Al, Weird Al and I were on a panel. And I thought, wow, man, this is surreal. Because I grew up on his music in high school. <laughs> and he still looks the same. And coming on the morning on that show. So yeah, he, he hasn't changed much. No, I don't know. what what I got to, you know, inject whatever he's injecting because he doesn't age and he uh he came in he, I, I would love to have his secret formula like gee come on uh, but yeah he lives up above sunset boulevard i think and and uh he's always always been working everyone loves him you know um and he was so nice and gracious and just hanging out and being in the studio with weird al was uh that was pretty cool and fred willard we just lost fred one of the yeah. greatest comedians of our time uh, he came in on uh an episode of uh transformers animated and oh my god that was like who's coming in Fred, you mean like the Fred, Fred Willard? <laughs> that was incredible. I just kept thinking, how much you think I can bench? You know, from from Best in Show. Yeah, yeah. I just loved him in that. Oh, we had all kinds of you know people uh, in on that show, ma'am. That was a th- that was a thrill. That was a thrill. No, it's one of my son's favorites. He's just transforming rollout. I am Optimus Prime. <laughs> Bring it on. See, he's just getting into the uh, Transformers run. Oh, yeah. Beast Wars has been on uh, the Tubi app. Oh. So I sat him down and said, we're going to watch this. He goes, this isn't Transformers. I said, shut up and watch. <laughs> They're not cars. He's like, just listen. And yeah. he goes, oh, this is awesome. He's like, yeah, see, I told you, shut up. <laughs> of course it is. Sit there and watch as we take over the world. I remember that. First scene I saw with the side gun scene, the, uh, our commander rat trap, what a pleasant surprise. It shall avail you not. No. Side gun. That was fun. We, that was one of the scenes we saw when they, they showed us a bit of the rendering of the first time we ever saw it on, you know, on screen. Was that, that scene where they all kind of met. And now I look at it and go, wow. And that show was so far ahead of its time. It was, but now I look at it and go, oh man, look at that. It's like so clunky. <laughs> But yeah, it was. I mean, they honestly, they could take the exact same stories and upgrade the animation of it. Oh, it'd be aw- wouldn't that be something else? It'd be it would be a home run show again. Sure. Yeah, I'm 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 positive. I would love to do something like that, man. I I I, I dig it. You know, that'd be that'd be great to see it done. Because yeah, when it came out, it was way ahead of where everybody else was with animation and everything else. Yeah. So you know, it it was already it's you know it found its way to stand out. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was uh, it was good good times. There was a bunch of other stuff too. And I remember the first. Uh, I I was starting to, I guess it was around two thousand. Oh my god. Um. Uh, 2000, uh, 2001, 2000, 2000, uh, 
before 9-11 happened and during, and then there's about 10 years in there. I was on an airplane a lot um, coming down to Los Angeles. I'd, I'd sort of incorporate, I was thinking about New York and I was incorporated in New York and, and, and making a move and I had my agents in New York as well. And, and, uh, actually my main agent in New York. So why don't you go, uh, you know, see the uh, William Morris folks. This is when I was used to be with William Morris uh, down in Los Angeles and Nina Niesenholtz, uh, you know, John Candy's old agent. And they all wanted to, to, to meet me. I'd sent some stuff and didn't even think that we would even listen to it. But I was staying in the hotel across the street because I, I put a bit of money into a friend's film and it was at the AFI Film Fest. I said, well, I'm going to get out for a few days. You know, it's just a few, uh, short flight from Vancouver. And I was living at the time and uh, so I sent a bunch of stuff down on, on my uh, my agent's requests, you know, and, and forwarded to these people and, and the big office there, William Morris in Beverly Hills. And and uh, it was a Friday afternoon. I thought, well, you know, it's Friday. Everybody's going to be, they're not going to. They called me right back and said, can you can you come over uh, around 4, 4 o'clock, 4.30? I said, yeah. And they said, where are you staying? I said, actually, I'm right across the street. Um, so I... Well, I had a big meeting with everybody over there. That was really cool. That's how the sort of the LA connection started. And they said, you know, could you think you would uh, make the move here? And I go, well, that's, that's the plan. So that sort of started that whole thing. And so for, you know, for, for many years as I was commuting here and it just got to be too much. And when I was cast as Optimus Prime um, in Transformers Animated, I was on an airplane a lot. And I thought, I can't, I, I gotta, I gotta, I can't do this. And I almost was cast in another series as a series regular. And I think Sue Blue was directing that. I can't remember what the heck that was. But I thought, well, now what if that happens? Because we record on Tuesdays and that means they're going to have to be here on Thursday. So that means, so I had to bring this up to my wife and my young family. Uh, and so what do you think about the move to Los Angeles? Um, and she is so awesome. She said, well, I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, well, we can give it a try and see how it goes. This was had become my second home anyway, and I would come down here and we had an apartment, and 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 it was you know I was very familiar with the city, and I it didn't wasn't such a culture shock uh, to me, uh, uh, but for my my kids and uh, my wife at the time when we came down in two thousand seven, you know I forgot that this is not they don't know this you know, and I assumed too much. They knew that where they were going. You just go over here. You get get it. And so I was real proud of them um, for making the move. My daughter was a mess for about six months, and then she joined show choir at Burbank High, and then found her people. And she had a she's had a great career. Um, and uh, my son's done well. It's, so you know they've 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 done well. Um, and and I couldn't imagine not. It's a weird time in history for all of us, but I couldn't imagine not coming here. I, I think uh, I would have been, uh, I would have regretted, you know, if uh, if I said, no, you know what, I'll just stay. Because uh, things were good. Living in Vancouver, things are good, man. Um, and <laughs> you put your, you take your, uproot your entire family and you, uh, you know, take them all to, uh, you know, America's uh, second largest city. You know, it's a, it's a thing. There was a, few, a couple of people I have to thank, though, for making me take the big plunge. And one of them is Tara Strong, who's uh, a neighbor of mine and, and, and worked with her, of course, and, and animated. And we've been friends for, for many years. And she said, why are you not here? I go, what do you mean? You, you, you have to be. Why are you not here? You, you, you have to look. I'll take you to my aid. You, you have to. This is ridiculous. 
anyway, she was really great. And she, uh, talked to Maria as well about uh, the move. I remember at the time, um, and, uh, Don, the late great Donna Fontaine, uh, the movie trailer King who invented the phrase in a world. I had met Don voice uh, guy. a number of years ago. <laughs> oh my God. He is like, um, I've always wanted to do trailers ever since I saw the movie as a kid, the legend of Boggy Creek. And there was a voice that came on next summer, the legend of, you know, that old style. Oh yeah. I said, who's that? I, I, I was more, I don't know why or who or what in, in, in the world, but no other kid's going to go, who's the voice? You know, they're watching the movie. And I just kept thinking about that voice. How do I do that? How do you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you, how do you I, I always was a big fan of voices and radio for many years. So Don was a mentor of mine and, and always a, you know, a God in my eyes. Uh, and, and so unattainable. And we wanted to do a workshop up in Vancouver uh, for, for pros, for working pros about a promo and trailer. We want to do like, a, I, I would teach them some of the promo stuff. And then Don, and I, I reached out to Don and uh, he said, uh, sure, I'll, I'll come up. No problem at all. Just, you know, you paid my airplane fee and the, put me up at this hotel and the, I said, yeah, let's do it. So we organized a, a workshop weekend. And Don, at the time when I was living up uh, in, in Vancouver, still full time, he came up and my guy, we had the most amazing three days uh, learning and working and getting to know Don. And my friend, uh, assistant at the time, uh, Steve says, put together a photo book. And when I came down again, as I was doing every week, <laughs> I called, I called Don and said, I got a pre present for you. going to drop over. He said, yeah, sure. Come on over. I drew up to his house and he says, you busy? I go, no, that's just going to drop it off. He goes, well, come on inside. Let's, let's, let's go downstairs. So we went down to Don's studio and, and, uh, he says, what's going on? I said, ah, I don't know. He said, what's the matter? I said, well, I gotta, I think I gotta be down here, man. I just, I, I I'm kind of, he said, look, look at, said, you, you go back home and you tell your family daddy's got to do what daddy's got to do. And you move down here. He said, you should be doing this. And if Don LaFontaine tells you, you should be doing this, you go, oh shit. Okay. Well, that's Don LaFontaine. And he's told me I should be doing this. So I think maybe we should so <laughs> I went back home and I said, daddy's got to do what daddy's got to do. And so we, you know, made the move. So I, I, I do thank Tara and, uh, and, uh, the great Don LaFontaine for really sort of thing that I, I think you could, you know, you could do well here. So that was uh that was the thing and then 2007 we we made the jump uh permanently and um became citizens uh five geez four five years ago now no more longer than that holy crap yeah and and th that's just uh you know that's how it sort of all started oh, and uh a... all the and all the stuff you know the ben 10 stuff came later as well and all the different series and then it's just been i, I had a chance to do scooby-doo and say the, those those famous lines, you know, if it weren't for you meddling kids, I go, oh my God, I got the line. <laughs> you got the line that a lot of people would kill the other. Yeah, it was like, I got the line. And so working with people like Frank Welker and Peter Cullen and Rob and Jim Cummings and, and these legends that I remember as a kid going to a convention in Los Angeles so way before that and, and asking a question from the audience and one day I want to do what you guys do. It'd be really cool. And to think that I'm sort of doing that is, is bizarre, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Say now you call them colleagues and friends. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I still, every time I, I gotta, I gotta call Rob cause I did do a goofy little wine show because I'm a wine nerd. And it's called Hollywood and wine. And we do a little show with 
animation voices and we it's just a it's a it's it's a hobby and and we had rob on uh one of the shows a little while back because one of the winemakers up in sonoma is it was a huge animaniacs fan and and a pinky in the brain i go oh do i have you know so we we surprised her she's up in her winery we're doing a virtual show and i had rob um on standby and he jumped on and said hello do you know who this is <laughs> you know yeah. and uh he was fantastic and i don't think to myself i have rob's phone number in my phone that's so weird i'm still blown away but yeah they're they're i, I consider them great friends and 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 mentors and they're all wonderful people but yeah it's pretty cool ben 10 it, like you looked at the credits i swear you'd played you voice like half the monsters on that show you know you kind of have to every time you come in he goes oh by the way you're playing cannonball you go what yeah an omniverse show uh did a bunch of one of my favorite bad guys recently it was been that guy the huntsman he says he's a little south african guy and doesn't get too excited He's down in here, Ben Tennyson. I'm going to get you the last thing I do. And I got I get a chance to play him, and that was fun. Um, and there was all kinds of other characters. Good. They altered his voice, but I based him on uh, the Swiss family. Rob, who was no uh, uh, the Robinson? What's the you know the, the uh, Danger Will Robinson? Danger uh, Lost, um, in Lost in Space. Uh, the old series. The actor. What's yeah. his name? Oh, um, you know, talks like this all the time. You know. And so I did the same thing in here, Ben Tennyson, <laughs> and and they used that. And they altered the voice a bit. Yeah, I got to play him, and he was fun to play. Uh, Frankenstrike was one of the other ones, and yeah, Cannon, Cannonbolt, something like that. And then I got a, an ode to my my uncle Terry. Um, there was a character Sasquatch, and I was goofing around thinking, "Oh, Sasquatch, hey, like the Canadian, like like that's my heritage, right?" And we were they were all laughing, joking. And Derek Wyatt, I remember, he said, "No, let's let's try this." Just try that. And so the, I did the socks, socks watch. It's up in here, right? I kind of did the Canadian accent for him, and they all love that. So I did. That's kind of my uncle Terry. Um, so that where that, that's where that came from. And then the new episode, I was thrilled with, with Man of Action that they did the new uh, series, um, and and I got to play Grandpa Max. And then I, I got to tell you, the first the phone call I got was like, "Oh, awesome! Wow, that's pretty." And then I go, "Oh," because Paul Eiding is a good friend, and he's such an, another nicest man on the planet. And he's my grandpa, Max. It's like, oh, so this is awkward. Um, so I saw, I remember seeing him out at, at, at in the rounds doing an audition. And I said, hey, man, listen, I just before you hear it anywhere else, I did. And, you know, I told I told him, man, and so I'm, you feel odd because, you know, we've we've all been re replaced and all. But that's just the nature of the business. But it's still sort of uncomfortable uh, when you're cast in a role that somebody it's what happens. We all kind of get well, especially when it's your friend. Yeah, you're like, oh Jesus! Uh, I'm look, I'm thrilled to do it. So the only thing you do can do is just do the do the honor him, uh, whoever has done done the role before, and do the do the best you can, you know, and do a great job. And uh, it was my first grandpa role, so I don't know how I felt about that. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I'm playing grandpas now. I've had robots, grandpas, grandpa robots. I mean, <laughs> so. Yeah, crazy. Let's say you've done dads just, and robots and yeah. now grandpas. And well, he was great because he's just uh, you know, uh, uh, Grandpa Max is just uh, he's he's like uh, my uncle, another uncle. He's you know, come on, don't quit horsing around, Ben. Ben, oh, first, what the Sam Hill sort of happened in the booth again, where I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do, and it just sort of happened. 
But uh, yeah, man, it's been it's been fun. It's been crazy. Well, and you've done a lot of video games, but there are two of them that I would say are probably your most popular, and that's Ratchet and Clank and Dead Island. Oh, Dead Island, yeah. Gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was fun, man. <clears throat> that was fun to do. I love the writing on that one too. It's, I remember seeing the game for the first time. I went, "Well, this is violent." Uh, what? What? I, mm-hmm. Is it? Should I be doing? Um, but it was, I mean, I, of course I played it and loved it. <laughs> uh, that was cool. And, and the, yeah. And of course, um, ratchet, ratchet, we must find captain Cork quickly. Oh dear. You know, that <laughs> the Scooby laugh and, uh, crossing our fingers. It sounded like a Scooby laugh with a little bit of, uh, Anthony Daniels. Yes. Well, I remember the paragraph, like, as far as I keep telling people this, the Transformers auditions were like a massive bunch of papers, but the, uh, I remember the first audition for Clank came through and it was like a paragraph. Oh, and was a robot and they wanted, but they wanted to be a personality. They don't want to be too robotic, but they wanted to sound robotic, but they don't want to be one. Of them. So I just sort of opened my mouth and came up with this. My head would go back and forth and, and I would contract it instead of instead of saying uh, can't, I would say cannot. Ratchet, I cannot do that with a good conscience. And I ended up, you know, who knew? It's so we're, we're, what are we, 18 years, 15, 6, 7, 18 years later, still doing uh, stuff. And, and I'm hoping, uh, crossing fingers, that there's more. I, I, it's so much fun. I, James Arnold Taylor and myself were talking a while back before the pandemic hit. We went for lunch. And DK, it's been so much fun. I go, you know, I go man, it's, it's just, I, I hope. Let's hope that, you know, it continues. Um, and so I don't, I mean, I don't see why not, but uh, I mean, you never know. The movie, the movie did okay. So Ratchet and Clank is such a fun universe in and of itself. Yeah, I don't, I'm positive. I mean, somebody's going to be working on something. <laughs> so, come on. Come on, everybody. Come on, get together. Let's do a show. Because it, it is, it's kind of fun. And uh, I got little statues of Clank here. And, yeah, so never did a DreamWorks show until... A few years ago, and then they finally came calling, and that was, uh, I get a chance to sing badly, but I get a chance to sing. And that is uh, King Peppy and the animated series uh, for uh, uh, for trolls. trolls. Trolls, the beat goes on. So I was just, you know, he's in here. He's like a, a silly father. He used to be the leader, but now his daughter is taking over Poppy. And it's just a ton, like I keep saying this over and over again, but it's crazy. They they keep letting me in. <laughs> they let me in. Then Dr. Seuss came calling. Of course, we all grew up on, I grew up on Dr. Seuss was it. Dr. Seuss was oh, like yeah. so far unattainable. And I remember getting an audition for Dr. Seuss they were doing. It's on Netflix now. Uh, it's Green Eggs and Ham. And I thought, oh, man, wouldn't this be? This is my childhood. And and my agents, you know, DK, they're just going to bring you in for some scratch. It's, it's celebrity heavy. And, and uh, Ellen DeGeneres, the executive producer. And they've got so-and-so. And they got so And I go, oh, well, you know, I think I came in this scratch like Eddie Izzard. Or I can't remember who I was just... But anyway, they, they had me do a few few characters, a few roles, and they kept bringing me back and bringing me back. And I did Fred Tattashore and Debbie Derryberry and myself, and I think Lorraine Newman. Um, there's a few people that are that they kept, you know, were like the players. And so you'll uh, I did a bunch of characters on the series, and and that was and to see, I did uh, some recording over at Warner Brothers, and they brought me into the big soundstage, and on the big screen they were playing back. I was just doing some ADR for my character, and then they played the scene, and I'm looking up at this giant screen and this wonderful animation, Seussian animation, and I hear my voice come out of a Dr. Seuss character, and literally, I got the clamp. I got like my, I went, oh my God, <laughs> Dr. Seuss. You know, I was, I was, I was a mess. And I, I remember after the session, I would walk. I was walking on the on the lot over there, Warner Brothers, and 
I get a coffee because I didn't really, every time I go on a studio lot, I really don't want to leave because like, it's so cool. What do you call it? I'll kind of hang out like I work there. So I'll go to the commissary or I'll grab a coffee and I'll kind of sit and like, I'm somebody, you know, <laughs> And when the tourists go by in a little tram, I'll wave at them. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm no one, but uh, so even, uh, you know, in my, my early fifties, I, I still, I'm like a child when I see this stuff and I think that I'm, you know, part of this industry. Oh, especially Dr. Seuss. I mean, Oof. yeah, you know, that, that, like you said, that's been a part of so many people's childhoods. Some of the first books you yeah. read are, you know, Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham. I mean, that's what I, I have. I have all, I still have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy. I met Mickey Rooney years ago year, on a, one of a series I did up in Vancouver Probably even be, it was before J. Joe, Cleo the Misfit Unicorn. Uh, and his voice is based on a character called Cowboy Dick I did on the morning show up there. Howdy, boys and girls. And uh, I played I played uh, the hippo. Uh, and uh, and they had Mickey Rooney playing the senior father figure unicorn. And I couldn't believe we got Mickey Rooney to do this cartoon. And the, the director, Gordon Stanfield, Gordon talks like this all the time. Hey, Dave, how's it going? So I went down to L.A. and uh, talked to Mickey Rooney. You talked to who? You know, Mickey Rooney. And you worked for Kermit the Frog? Well, yeah. He sounds like, that's, he sounded just like that. It was Gordon Stanfield. And I said, Mickey, how did you get Mickey Rooney? He's, he's like a Hollywood icon. Like he, he was, I think he was broke and, um, because he had, I think he was married seven times. And Gord said uh, that he spoke to Mickey and asked him if he wanted to be part of the cartoon. And he said, Gordon, I do a cartoon for 25 bucks. And basically, because here's a lesson, kids. Don't get married and divorce seven times. That'll, that'll clean you out. And so, uh, and I met him at the rap party. He flew up to Vancouver with his, his manager or something at the time. And uh, the one thing that stuck with me is here's this, you know, from the, the, the black and white film days and the huge star, Mickey Rooney says, uh, we're all, he's kind of holding court. We're all around him. And he says, uh, don't ever grow up. My advice to you is kids don't ever grow up. And so that's basically what we're doing in cartoons. And this word we're, doesn't matter our age. You just, you know, don't, you don't know, ever grow up. And that was kind of cool. Remember Mickey saying that it's a very uh, apt saying for the industry, actually, because it'll help. Yeah. You know, it helps you guys keep your chemistry. It keeps it circles back to the enjoy what you do. Uh huh. You know, Is it's it not ever? just a paycheck. No, you know, it isn't. I used to getting you know go go to work to have fun. Yeah, I always joke about uh, having a little family re like a, a high school reunion back in my hometown up in Canada. We all went out and had lunch, and and a bunch of us went to school and. So what do you do? Oh, I'm retired. Retired? Yeah, I was, I'm a teacher. I'm, I'm I'm retired. So I came home. I told my mother, and I said, he's retired. Jesus. He said, well, I said, I'm kind of depressed. She goes, well, you never started working. <laughs> went, oh, that's <laughs> that, right. That's where I messed up. That's why I can't <laughs> ah, Yes, right. I never started working. So, so, yeah. The retirement isn't even an option. It's just, you're just having too much fun. In the vein of working, which do you prefer? I mean, you've done on-camera. You've done cartoons, video games, and anime. Is anime dubbing? Is there one you prefer over the other? Or oh, I love behind the mic. I did on camera before, and I can't, every time I see myself, I think, what a, what business do I have doing that? I mean, I was I hated myself every time I saw myself on. I see myself on an episode of X Files, and and I go, oh my god, I'm so horrible. I, 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 what a how do I why do what makes me think that <laughs> you know let. I mean, it's going to leave this and let let leave it for the people who, you know, I, I would get, I mean, if I had fun, 
I had fun, man. I had some great memories in doing on camera stuff. And I do it again. Or if somebody's doing like a short film or a, or an indie film, or I had a chance to play some, I would definitely j- jump at the chance. But I really, I'm one of the ones, my agent would call and say, hey, so uh, I did Stargate, uh, a few episodes of Stargate. And uh, I said, hey, I got some good news. And I go, oh, good. He said, we got you a guest star. And uh, they're going to give you a, a double banger, which is a, a slang for the double trailer. The trailer. I'm like, oh, cool. I, I don't think... I would, I'm one of those people who get on set and I'd be like standing around and hanging out with the audio guys or the, or the behind the camera and watching how it's all done and made. That's where you're and really not paying. <laughs> yeah. Not paying too, too much of attention to what I, I, my scenes coming up. I go, Oh shit, I better, I better, you know, better get my lines run. I don't think, I think if I put all my heart into it and that was my passion, I, you know, I, um, I don't know, but really behind the mic is, is where I live and love and, and that's where I'm comfortable. And I, I know what I'm doing back here. I know when I'm sucking and I know when I have to be, you know, to work at it in front of the camera. I mean, I, I did, I did theater and I, I enjoyed it, but I, I go back to the thing. I would always think to myself, like, what gives, what am I, what am I doing up here? I don't want to, I don't want, who wants to look at me? I don't want to do, do that. Uh, and, and I was, <laughs> I hated myself. <laughs> you know, every time I'd saw, see myself, I'd turn it off. I don't know if I've seen anything. The only thing I ever thought I did was was okay. Was uh, what was it called? Uh, I may remember after this interview is over. <laughs> but um, but I, I there was a couple things I did was was kind of I thought I did okay. But uh, I just my heart my heart was really be- when I got behind the mic. That's where my heart is. It was. I have found doing interviews. That you can cut loose a little bit more. You know, the, the mic provides a little bit of a safety net because you're not worried about what people see. You know, you don't have to worry about it, it's not how you look. It's entirely how you sound. Yeah, it can be. You can be anybody you want behind behind here. Anybody, you can be anybody. That's that's the that's the fun of it. It doesn't matter what you you know. You're not pigeonholed. You can do you can do whatever you want. Be whoever you want. That's that's the fun of it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I tell you, but in the honesty part, I mean, uh, you can't you can't really hide behind. I mean, if you you, you know you get a role and you, the character has to be able to cry and emote and all that other stuff, and it's it's uh, the the mic will, uh, you know, you can hear we can tell when somebody's you know acting or I call it acting. You're acting. You're you're reading instead of being. Every every character you do, I always tell people it's got that, that character, whether it's a cartoony character or a serious character, they got to have a heart, soul. They have to be breathing, living beings, and it has to come from a place of truth. It has to come from your heart. Even doing commercials, if you know, I did stuff for for Thursday night football, and and you have to be a you know a real living, breathing per- person who's lived a life, and that's what I strive to in my reads all the time. Some place, sometimes I'm off the mark, and it's like ah, I'm. I can't, I can't connect it. But most of the time, you, it has to be real and not read. And I, I work at that every day, trying to just uh, to be a real whatever. If you're putting a voice on or being you, uh, so that's a very big, big deal. Listen, uh, speaking of, of commercials, I have to, <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be late for my next, uh, next thing here. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Gosh, we've gone, we've gone long. Time flew. Uh, where can fans find you on uh, social media? Oh, the old social media. Well, the website, the website's fun. We've been upgrading that. Um, we're, it really, it's been a lot, a lot of work just making it flow. And it's davidk.com. That's easy. davidk.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. And uh, on the socials, um, I think it's uh, is it David 
on Instagram. It's David uh, K voiceover with I think under David underscore K underscore voiceover. And then uh, Twitter is at D-K-A-Y-E-V-O. D-K-V-O is in voiceover. D-K-A-Y-E-V-O. You can follow me there. I don't. I don't get too too political or anything like that. I just. I. I keep. I keep. I keep it light. I just. Uh, that's just me. There's so much crap in the world right now. I. I just. I. I prefer just to be. Uh, uh, to keep things positive and. Uh, and that. So uh, just for fun and 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 uh, and and that. So uh, yeah, it's at DKVO. And then the Facebook page, uh, there's a David K voiceover. I believe it's a Facebook page. And that Hollywood and wife. If anybody's into wine, you know. Uh, whatever, but uh, I interview a lot of cartoon characters, uh, like we did uh, Eric Bowser, get him on, and uh, Mindy Sterling, who uh, is a friend of mine. She was uh, Frau uh, Fabacina in Austin Powers, and we had her on the last show, the virtual shows. We had uh, Tom Kenny. We did uh, Tom Kenny and SpongeBob. We did SpongeBob and Tequila with him and Lori Allen, and that was the last time we were out at a restaurant. So we have a show called Hollywood and Wine, Hollywood underscore and underscore wine is a Facebook page. Instead of Hollywood and Vine. I love it. Yeah, wine. It's wine. Hollywood and Vine, but Hollywood and Wine is our our little, our our goofy little show. We've done a bunch of stuff like that. We had Kari Payton on and Tara Strong and uh, Dee Bradley Baker and and, uh, Kari Walgren was so much fun to do that episode. Uh, Dee is just a, a delight. So, um, yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff. And for new stuff happening, uh, there's about four things I can't say anything about. One of them I can. I, I can tell you about I do a character called Ford Kruller in Psychonauts. Uh, Psychonauts 2 is about to drop soon. Oh, nice. And he is, and Ford Kruller's up, and he is a, a honey pepper ball bacon. Yes, and he's in his, his voice here. Yeah. Uh, and that's a ton of fun, and that should be coming soon. The trailer is online. Oh, what else? Uh, let's see. I can't talk about that. I can't talk about that. Oh, uh, don't forget. Um, uh, the uh, Justice League is is on. It's it's streaming, and I get a chance to play uh, one of my favorite DC characters, uh, Vandal Savage, and based on the Miguel Ferrar voice. And um, that was a, a scary thing to do to come in and 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 you know keep that going. Uh, Miguel passed away a couple of years ago, and that's a that's a fun character. He's kind of like a Kyber the Huntsman, but he's uh. Little Savage is here down in this area, very quiet. So he does that. So that, and that's a a deep, wonderful uh, series. It's available to stream. Trolls is still streaming. Uh, the beat goes on. Uh, there's the uh, Green Eggs and Ham, in, in there. Um, in the, uh, yeah. So, but there's about four or five things I can't say. But we'll, you'll in, in time you'll 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 find out what's when they drop and the news well folks you know where to find him you can find me on twitter at moose media inc or at electronicmediacollective.com along with other great podcasts david i want to thank you for uh stopping by and shooting the bowl with me today oh man uh, thank you thanks for th- thanks for the distraction it was uh, fun to just sit and talk and you know go over some uh, cool memories it's great really appreciate it so, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime and go through the other half of your career that's good <laughs> <laughs> And folks, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, and unless you heard it here, probably just a load of bull spit. So until next time, see ya. Ooh-wee, that sure was some bull spit, but I sure had fun. Junior, you need some help. Be sure to tune in next time. 